most people when they see what we can do and that's the nice thing is that as a clinician I will give them a taste of my craniosacral work my myofascial work I'll be like and then I'll give them a taste of the neuroscience program that I do hey it's Aaron real quick do you want to know the one thing that has helped me accelerate my business and career faster more than anything else it's learning from people who have already done it and putting myself in a room with people who are well ahead of me on a regular basis. That's exactly what you're going to have a chance to do at PT BizCon March 19th through 21st. And on top of that, you'll also get a free copy of the PT Business Growth Manifesto, a downloadable action guide where you'll learn the six growth strategies that the most successful PT business owners have had to learn the hard way. This guide can literally save you hundreds of hours of your own time and thousands of dollars. To be sure you get access to this and the other exclusive bonuses, go grab your ticket to PT BizCon before Sunday, March 1st, because after that, the tickets will be at their full retail price. Just go to ptbizcon.com. That's P-T-B-I-Z-C-O-N.com. Like physical therapy business conference, but ptbizcon.com. And at the very least, just go check out the page to see all the amazing and awesome speakers we've secured and who you're gonna have the opportunity to network with and learn from. I'll see you there in March. Now enjoy the show. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. This is your host, Aaron LeBauer. Uh, today, my special guest is Irene Luke. She is the recent winner of Rob Vining's Telehealth 10K Challenge. And I was, after talking with Rob, and he was on the podcast earlier this year, you know, he mentioned that she'd be a great person to talk to because telehealth is like huge right now and it's like this tidal wave coming and this is also awesome because we're getting in on the ground floor with someone who's doing it right now but also they have a, she has a little bit different role in the business where she's in so I'll let you tell her all about that so welcome to the podcast today Irene it's really thanks. awesome to have you thanks thanks for having me yeah so tell us a little bit about yourself how long you've been a PT and why did you even start physical therapy in the first place <laughs> Oh man, that's a long question. So I, um, I uh, started in 2002, graduated from St. Louis University and mm -hmm. um, from the Midwest. And I think I just wanted to be in the healthcare field. I didn't mm -hmm. really want to go. I didn't really know much about PT before I went to PT school. And then to tell you the truth, I actually just wanted to be an artist. Yeah. And join a rock and roll band. <laughs> so, so it took me a long time to actually find my niche, which is actually in chronic pain recovery. And I do a blend of neuroscience, orthopedics, and chronic pain management of mood disorders, anxiety, and depression. So mm, it took, wow. and I've been in practice for, you know, a pretty long time at this point. And I've, I focused on orthopedics at the beginning of my career. What I really love about PT is how how you can affect the patient on so many different levels, right? It's not just 
exercises. It's not just socioeconomic things or social things that we're getting into. It's like you're, you're, you can be their entire person. You're their friend. You're like kind of like a family member. You are a huge resource just because you see them two or three times a week. And, um, I really, that's what's made me stick around. I wanted to go into social services for a while. I wanted to go into medicine and it kind of blends both. I've always had a really big heart for psychology, psychiatry, Mm -hmm. kind of counseling type things. And it's great that uh, a lot of what we do in physical therapy can meld really well with that. And so that's what brought me into this. Well, that's what brought me to get credentialed in therapeutic pain as a therapeutic pain specialist through EIM. And that was my springboard to actually develop a a program for some more like crossover programs between mental health and physical therapy. Yeah. Awesome. So you're, you're in Washington, you said Richmond, Mm -hmm. Washington, and you're like, the director of awesomeness and more awesome <laughs> at therapy solutions. Right. Yes, kind of, kind of, sometimes not quite so awesome. Yeah. So you said you guys are, you're currently, you're working there. How many other people work there? And you said you're developing like the cash practice kind of division yeah. or something. Tell me more about yeah, that. Yeah. So um, we have a really interesting model. So the owner of the clinic, her name's Sarah Nelson, mm-hmm. and we have kind of a holistic model. So we have three massage therapist and acupuncturist. And then we have, goodness, um, one, two, three, like six to seven physical therapists. And we also have a counselor, a mental health counselor on staff as well. So um, we have a lot of specialty areas that we practice in. Women's health is one of them or pelvic health and neuroscience pain recovery, functional fitness. So we cover the gamut between orthopedic sports injuries all the way to pelvic floor rehab, prenatal, post natal care. So all of us are different specialists, even within mm-hmm. the clinic. And so it's nice because we just pretty much refer to each other. Yeah. We work really well as a team. So they brought me on about a year and a, a year ago. So last December is when they brought me on. So a little bit over a year. And Sarah had a vision to develop out all of our specialty practices as a cash practice only. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we still see people in office using insurance. So we do kind of a hybrid model, but then we have a lot of other things that we do that once they're in our office and you know they get traditional PT, we're like, well, if you actually want some more care, these are some of these other specialty practices that we do. So it's a little bit of a hybrid model. Our eventual goal is to be, you know, a lot more cash based, Mm -hmm. but we didn't want to completely cut people off of their care at this point. So we're in transition. So I know a lot of other clinics are, and it's a private clinic. She's a sole owner. And then she's brought us on me and another physical therapist on as the cash practice side of things. So we're buying into this whole different division, which is really exciting. And Mm -hmm. believe me, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts (laughs) to kind of, of, um, you know, and just to really think about marketing, to think about how we reach out to the community and yeah, starting to grow not from a ju- like a completely jumping off into cash only mm-hmm. yet, just because we have this commitment to the community right now. Right. So that sounds great. So when you say buying in, does that mean you're buying into ownership of the business or buying into like the business model or ideas about how they do? Right. So I'm buying into the cash portion of the business, okay. if that makes sense. So anything that we do within the cash practice mm-hmm. is we, we've divided it into three. Okay. So there's three of us that are in it. And so whenever I'm talking about our cash practices and including those three, and then the rest of the clinic kind of exists to 
really any extra that, you know, doesn't go to paying other people goes yeah. and funnels our, 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 um, our cash practice. We get to experiment. Okay. So okay. it's just kind of nice. Right. So it's yeah. like, we have, we have some funds to experiment with as well as, you know, winning the 10 K also gives me a little bit of a, of, um, increase of funds. So right. that's really nice. And, and yeah, it's, it's been really good. We, started this about a year ago and our main focus is community engagement. So mm -hmm. we do some really interesting community based classes, uh, as well as private sessions and things like that. So yeah. it's been, you know, it's been a, a good experiment so far, That's awesome. but it's going to continue to grow into the majority of the practice. Yeah. So, so the idea is she's got a, a business that was probably getting like, struggling a little bit with the whole insurance reimbursement, like we yes. all know this yes, happening. Exactly. And it's like, okay, I need to bring in some people to develop this other kind of arm or option for people that if mm -hmm. it works, it will kind of become more of our default version than the insurance. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're really not wondering if it works or not. We've seen enough people like yourself mm -hmm. make it work. So we're not wondering if it's going to work. We, it's just a matter of making sure that we don't just drop off everyone that needs specialty care. Right. So we're probably the only clinic in our town, which is we're one of three towns all linked together. So Richland is part of a tri-city, we call okay. it the tri-cities. And we're the only clinic I believe that does lymphedema care. Okay. And so there's a lot of things with that, that, we wrestle with insurance a lot with that. So we would love to switch over and make that one of our specialty practices and have everyone pay cash. But there's also people that just really need that kind of care post-cancer mm. treatment. And we aren't quite wanting them to not have care. Right. right? right. So, um, so those are the, the more existential questions that we ask ourselves, like how do we engage the community while making money and not let just people not have care whatsoever that really need care, but still be able to get out from under the wing of insurance, which right. they, uh, insurances are denying us even lymphedema care. So it's, it's <laughs> ridiculous, really. I mean, it's, yeah, well, I could, I could go on forever, yeah. but we won't have to do that. Everyone knows that it's not a, a friendly environment. So people there. are coming in, they can barely walk because their legs all blown up like a balloon and insurance mm -hmm. is like, no, you don't need it. Yeah. They're like, if we say lymphedema in some of our notes, they won't reimburse us. We have to say swelling, swelling of the leg, swelling of the arm. We're like, okay, all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had a patient yeah. denied a claim because uh, the code I used eight years ago, you know, when I read it, it said lower leg and foot. And they were like, oh, well, the patient said it was, the, you know, the, the physician wrote a uh, knee thing. And so we're going to deny what you did. I'm like, where the pain is, is lower leg and uh, lower leg. It's just right. like, lower leg. Lower <laughs> leg. I know. I know. I had a patient cry in my office the other day because their insurance only paid for six visits yeah. and she was literally crying and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was like, well, we have these options. We can work it out. We try to work with people mm -hmm. as much as we can to make sure it's, you know, it's a, as well as, you know, it's a mindset change for a lot right. of people. They hold on to their insurance as a safety blanket, but really they don't need to. And so it's just trying to encourage them that they will get better care and yeah better options if they don't hold on to these six visits that mean nothing. Right? right. You know? And so I used it as like a teaching point for her, but she was really upset. You know, she pays X amount into this insurance plan and she gets only six visits to, to recover. It's, you know, she yeah. was upset for what they were giving her. So I'm sure a lot of people have stories like that. So when you have patients come in like that are like, 
what tell me a little bit of tell us a little bit about the programs that you guys have and how yeah. do you transition someone from basically their six to eight visits for their back or hip to this mm -hmm. you know plan where they are getting some of the specialty services or they need yeah. more visits like how does that work for you guys and what are you guys yeah, doing so, that's working so well I call, it a, I call it a true hybrid model i mm -hmm. i didn't really I don't know. I didn't listen to enough podcasts. I just kind of stumbled on this <laughs> because, you know, like I, I, if I was going to just do my own practice, which is what originally I was going to do out here. Um, and then Sarah invited me to join her team. And so it kind of changed my scope of things. I was ready to mm -hmm. just do the entire like Aaron LaBauer overhaul yeah. and like, just like ju just dive into cash when I moved out here. And then she gave me a really interesting challenge. So, so what happens now is that we have patients that come in say that it's a chronic pain patient. They've had back pain for about 10 years. We have some really good referral sources of doctors in the area. They send me all of their patients really. And so they come in, they have, you know, say they're a Medicare patient. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they come in, I'll see them for a traditional orthopedic exam under their Medicare. And then I tell them during their first exam, if they want to actually have some extra care, we have these programs, which includes um, our myofascial craniosacral, like kind of manual treatments. Mm -hmm. um, we don't lump that into, like we are just really specific in what we treat as physical therapy. And we just have this extra menu that has all these specialty programs. So my neuroscience program for pain recovery is a specialty program. Mm -hmm. They can pay for that. They could pay for a functional fitness program, a training session with one of our PTs. In that, we have a pelvic floor health or just general wellness. We do a lot of holistic things. So we do a lot of functional medicine. So anytime I'm talking to someone about their diet, nutrition, pain medication management, addiction recovery, anything with mood disorders, anxiety, anything like that, that's all within mm -hmm. our specialty. And so they sit down with me for their initial eval under their insurance visit. And then I say, if you want any of these things off of this menu, this is what yeah. it would cost. And a lot of them actually, and telehealth is one of those off of our specialty menu, I guess. So telehealth is kind of my bridge to get, if people can't afford, say their visit, their initial visit to see me in clinic for their neuroscience pain recovery mm -hmm. program, right? Like it's just out of their finances. They haven't really, they want to see and test the waters and see if this is a good fit for them. Then they buy a telehealth package of five half hour visits with me. Okay. So we keep it really cheap. It's like $35 for 30 minutes with me. We make it very accessible. They have to buy five of them. So it's like $175. Mm -hmm. So we make a profit because I'm just in my pajamas talking right. to someone like on Zoom essentially. And I make those sessions really short because I'm trying to just answer questions, trying to get their, giving them some part of the program so that they can start feeling more comfortable. And then the real access to the program comes when they come in clinic. And I use it as an adjunct. So they'll come one time in clinic for one of our programs, like even a woman's health program, like prenatal, mm -hmm. postnatal program. And then they could follow through with telehealth. So we always try to have more touch points with the patient and telehealth has been a great way to do that. So awesome. you don't necessarily have to flood your clinic with more visits. And so our hybrid model is that we'll still do, you know, six to 12 visits one time a week in clinic using their insurance. And that'll extend up to, you know, six weeks, 12 weeks, et cetera, if they're really complicated. So we tell them like, you can use one time a week in clinic using your insurance, but if you want more touch points with us, mm -hmm. these are our specialty programs. And people, oh. 
actually like it. So, awesome. um, so it's like I, a I menu. To... It's like they're coming yeah. in for the, for the, uh, for the 99 cent burger when you're upselling them on the large fries, large drink and dessert. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so most people, when they see what we can do, and that's the nice thing is that as a clinician, I will give them a taste of my craniosacral work, my myofascial work. I'll be like, and then I'll give them a taste of the neuroscience program that I do. So really all of, well, the clinicians are within the cash-based practice, not mm -hmm. all of them, because not all clinicians are part of our cash-based, we're just the three of us. We essentially sell our specialty programs to our patients that come in okay, and they buy it. It's That's great. Awesome. So I'll like, we have, you know, different on our scheduling thing, I'll say like, a pain management package and that's mm -hmm. different than their regular insurance visit. Yeah. yeah. So you basically you guys have like a wide range of like prices and programs and even like just this big menu. So people who yeah who couldn't afford it otherwise you guys are able to work with them at some point and people who are like I could buy anything on the menu just tell me what I need to get. Yeah. They're able to get served. And <laughs> right. then even people that aren't that, that aren't local like with the telehealth are you guys just using that as a, a way to warm people up to your business or are you actually seeing people in other parts of the state? How does that? Yeah. So that's actually our eventual plan. So right now I'm developing our online learning platform. Mm -hmm. So once we do some of our education online, then I think that they'll open things up into more telehealth visits for more people in the state. And actually one of our clinicians moved out to New York and so I'm partnering with her. We're doing a woman's health series based on hormones. And mm -hmm. so she'll probably do telehealth out there as well, but we're doing more online education packages for mm -hmm. people so they could just watch certain things. And then if they want to consult, then they consult with us. That's actually in the works for the next few months. Probably by summer, we'll have that going. Right. Wow. That's awesome. So yeah. So I think I told you, I want to, every, yeah, I, every, like Rob, you had done Rob's uh, 10K challenge. So I want to know, like, why did you guys decide to add telehealth? And like, how did you win this thing? Like you basically yeah. saw the most <laughs> patients or free visits and you won $10,000, like, which is great. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, how did you guys, like, where did you see the need and how did you actually implement this in, in what you guys are doing? Yeah. So I've been following Rob's group, his Facebook group, which is telehealth PT for about a year now. And I was prepping for my own practice, keep in mind, mm -hmm. right? So okay. I was ready to just, and I needed capital. So that's, that's actually where I was thinking <laughs> about joining on. I was like, well, this sounds like a great idea. Um, but, but then I realized that uh, the clinic was any clinic is really primed to do telehealth. There really isn't a right time to start telehealth. Any time really is because if you're under the gun with insurance and you need more touch points with a patient, people will pay to talk to you more. Mm -hmm. If you're a good clinician and they are connected to you in some way. So it was really easy for me to just, well, I mean, I'm just really grateful that my, my colleagues, my coworkers are just like, yeah, just do crazy things and we'll support you. So yeah. pretty much that's, um, I, he came up with this telehealth 10 K idea. So the idea is that whoever reaches a hundred telehealth visits first, will get the 10 K it's supposed to go three months. Right. And mm -hmm. I saw, I think I saw the ad for it at the end of July or something like that. And then I took all of August to prepare and market. And then September 1st was the beginning of my round, the first right. round. And I just, I planned everything out and finished it by September 24th. Wow, and you did 100 visits in 24 days. 
Well, yeah, essentially. Under telehealth yeah. visits. Plus, you were probably yeah. were you seeing so some other patients too? Yeah. So they were thirty minutes long, and okay. everything is recorded. And his impetus was to create a good treatment library for people, right. so they could see how other people would treat. And I love that idea. You know, it's mm-hmm. Rob. Rob is one of the the coolest guys out there. Such an innovator and such a community builder. You know, he's right. giving away information for free. So the essentially the the package that you get when you buy in and enter into the competition includes his education of how to set up your own telehealth practice. Wow. So how to use Zoom, how to market, how to upload the videos, how to, you know, how to make sure that you're HIPAA compliant if you want to use insurance-based telehealth, all of Mm -hmm. those things. I mean, his entire Facebook page is a resource. So, so it was really easy. I just followed it pretty much step to step by step. And then, um, you know, marketed a month beforehand, had almost all my visits lined up, had uh-huh. a few people that were extras and just went through them. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. like a lot of people canceled. I mean, there was a lot of snafus. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it wasn't. And I also worked probably what I would say, I cut down some of my hours, but I was working, I think 28 hours in the clinic yeah. and then also seeing patients pretty much any other spare moment I got. That's great. So yeah. So what did you do? What was the marketing that you did to get the word out? Like, how did you do that? What was the thing that you think hit the best to get this so, visits in 24 days? Yeah. So for me, I found that if I wanted to get the most bang for my buck, it would have to be people that knew me already. Right. Mm-hmm. So I could do online marketing and I think that I could probably get some people to come into my, you know, cause I do chronic pain recovery. So people might trickle in from the internet, but to, to hit it hard and hit it fast, they needed to know me. So mm-hmm. I went out into the community and started spreading my name to everyone, all mm-hmm. other practitioners in the area, other people who were just in marketing meetings. So I'm part of different marketing groups. So it would just be people that had not necessarily in the healthcare field, but anyone, I would just say, you know, tell them what I was doing and maybe they knew someone that might need my services. So I just right. got my name out there to anyone, you know, um, And really it was my thought process was like, if the community knew what I was doing, because telehealth is something that's new to a lot of smaller communities and our area is about 300,000. And so they're not really as keen on that. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to just get out in the community, spread the word and make sure that they knew about it first. And that actually was the most effective. So my biggest referral source was actually other practitioners that wanted me to see their patients telehealth. Wow. And that naturally evolved. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't afraid of you stealing their patients or anything like that. No, because actually it's more of a collaborative effort because they would still see them in clinic Uh and then I would see them via telehealth. So they still got paid. I didn't get paid because all these visits were free. And um, it was actually kind of what naturally evolved into our current model, which Mm -hmm. is that we now refer our own patients to our specialty programs or telehealth, right? So my telehealth patients are still people that I see in clinic and then I transfer them to a telehealth package. Wow. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Rob was on our, uh, did a, did a guest uh, bit on my platinum masterminds, uh, masterclass this month, or mm-hmm. it was actually today. And one of the things he pointed out and I was, I want to ask you this, but is that, um, how you talk to patients about telehealth is it, I asked him, I said, Hey, we don't like people don't understand what telehealth is. And he said, I said, yeah. what are the words? And he said like online video visits, you know, or yeah. what people are understanding, looking for Like is can you talk about some of the language you've used to explain how this works and what this is for your patients? 
Yeah, I use the same language pretty much. I say it's a video chat or video mm -hmm. conference call. Most people understand that. I, I emphasize that they can use their phone. Like when I'm doing my actual telehealth visits, I use my computer, you know, this conversation I'm using on my phone, but people yeah. really like the idea that they can actually talk to their doctor on their phone yeah. and just have it be somewhere. And that's actually what I use for marketing. If I was talking to my patients one-on-one, -on -one, I just tell them that you can go somewhere quiet in your house and I could actually see your house and mm -hmm. see what, where you do a lot of your activities and actually, and actually give you pointers or suggestions in the place that you need it the most. So sometimes, and, and this, this was kind of a snafu. I haven't figured this out yet. So if anyone out there wants to give me suggestions, that'd be great. But I had a patient that actually brought me with them on their phone into their like workout area. Like it was yeah. like um, a senior workout area. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if this is legal or not, but then, you know, there's like, there's a lot of things that can translate into you being brought in as a clinician to all these different places that a, a client wants you to see them actually do the work at. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and so that's a really big selling point for people. They're like, wait, I can see you and I could be in my pajamas. Right. And, and that really does it. And a lot of my clients, surprisingly, the age range is from, I would say like thirties to like 65 to 70. Mm -hmm. So I have some older patients that really have taken to this technology. Wow. And a lot of my chronic pain patients that don't want to leave the house, they're like, great, done. You know, mm -hmm. like just like, uh, sometimes they need help getting the app, up, you know, the Zoom app on the phone. But besides that, once they find out and figure out how to do that, they're hooked. Yeah, so. that's awesome. You know, one of the other things, Rob, kind of uh, the takeaways from the group today with, with Rob was that it's actually pretty easy to get started in telehealth. Like mm -hmm. what, like, can you tell us like, like, what are the, you know, why is it so easy? Like, what are the steps to take? And like, why does it seem so difficult? Yeah. I think like, it's really just more of a mental barrier that we all have. Cause I didn't do any telehealth and I had, you know, I've been practicing over 15 years previous to this. Right. And finally, you know, going through Rob's information, I was like, this is so easy. All you need is a computer. Mm -hmm. I don't even have a fancy camera. There's a lot of beautiful cameras out there. Like I just use whatever cameras attached to my computer. I have a free account with zoom mm -hmm. and I have a PayPal account that goes to our clinic and our website has our telehealth visit link, right? So they just buy their five visits on our website. Yep. And then once I have received that information, I have an appointment calendar that I use separately because we don't want to mix our clinic with our cash practice. Mm -hmm. And they just pick off of um, the calendar, whatever time they want. And it goes to my Google calendar. I turn on my computer and I just see them. Wow. <laughs> it's awesome. really, and that's it. And the rest of it is just all of your clinical skills that you've already built in your brain. Right. So, yeah. and you know, half the time I can grab, um, you know, a cup of tea, like in between my patients and I'm at home. It's really easy to do after work. It doesn't really take a lot of brain power. Yeah. And that's all it takes is really like a, a Zoom account. If you want payment, you do PayPal. And that's only if you're not doing insurance. So there's right. a couple of consent forms that we send out. Um, we use a, like a, like some kind of signing program for that. So that's about it. And, cool. and a lot of this stuff can be free or just really cheap. Like our monthly subscriptions were like under $50 for mm. everything. Wow. Um, if we had a lot of volume, yeah. but now that I don't have a ton of volume, I just do the free versions of yeah. everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But still it's probably, I mean, 
even if it's free and you're not doing a lot of volume, you're bringing in thousands of dollars to the clinic. I mean, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. What do you think is net like, what's next for telehealth? Like specifically, you seem like you've got a lot of experience doing it. Like, do you think it's, I mean, is it just about being um, incorporating it into like someone's clinic or is it like going to replace therapy? I mean, what do you, where do you see this going? Well, I, I don't think that telehealth could ever replace what we do manually. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say that it's a really good screening tool. I think a lot of doctors already use it as like kind of an urgent care type of scenario. And I know mm -hmm. that Jeff Moore and his group are already implementing telehealth and doing a lot of stuff that's more screening. So someone mm -hmm. hurts their knee and they're like, what do I do? And they, instead of going to a doctor should probably just go to a doctor of physical therapy that, that actually knows orthopedic and they can get screened. Um, they could be told if they need to go and get further testing, if they need to see someone in clinic. So I see that as the, that actually is what's happening now is a lot of people are using it as a primary care option for people who are, have sports or orthopedic injuries. Mm -hmm. I see it just expanding. I mean, I have all these great ideas of how I want it to expand into all these different specialty practices, right? So chronic pain, and this neuroscience that I do translates really well on screen, especially for people who can't leave their home. So I'd love to like form um, bigger task force for chronic pain. How do we have more touch points with people who are on opioids to keep them from over utilizing that? The, right. be the best way to do that is to use telehealth so you can check in on them at some of the more painful points without them having to leave the house, right? So there's a lot of these more specialty areas that I think telehealth would do great for. Someone just had a baby and they don't want to leave their house. Well, they could do a telehealth visit with a women's health specialist right. postpartum. Right. <laughs> and so there's so many areas I would love to see like, well, you know, my eventual dream, just because I, I really feel like PTs have a bigger say in the world mm -hmm. of medicine than they're given credit for. I think right. we are primary care providers more than anything. I would say that doctors have a role as well, but we really could work more as a team and telehealth could bring everyone together. So I, I would love to see more collaboration, even within PTs, right? Like, so you might be an orthopedic specialist and I'm a neuroscience specialist and you just give me your patients just as a referral for some telehealth. I give you some mm -hmm. of my patients for orthopedics. You know, I could see people cross collaborating across the state. Yeah. Just, just tons of great things um, awesome. with telehealth. And yeah. it's a great way to, to add to anyone's cash based practice. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it just helps to, to be innovative and create it as part of a package, you know, right. So. I've already got some great ideas just talking to you. I'm like, oh, I gotta write. Oh, this really? Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's this collaborate. Awesome. Let's, yeah, let's absolutely. I've got a um, a question for you. you. Mentioned this a couple of times, and I want to put you on the spot a little bit because it's rare that I have someone on the show who is a physical therapist and you know, like an employee. Or you said, you know, hey, I moved out here thinking yeah. I was going to go through the Aaron Power makeover which is an yeah. awesome compliment. Thank you for it, by the way. Why is it that you decided not to start your own business and work for someone else? Like what were the factors in making that decision? Yeah, I, um, there's so many words I can use. Hold on. Let me think how to like consolidate it. So it's so rare in this world to find people that are like-minded, mm -hmm. which is why I, like many of the people, yourself included, just wanted to start their own practice, right? Because it's if if you are working in a nine to you know eight to four job, 
with a clinic that you don't believe in their philosophy, it really just kind of hollows you out spiritually. <laughs> and so I didn't expect to find someone who would be like-minded to my goals and values. And then also let me have like free reign to just develop mm -hmm. fun things. That's who Sarah is. And that's what therapy solutions is to me. And so I could have just gone out and done it on my own, but there is something about, and this is one of the things I think about a lot is as we're all out there and we're all kind of doing our own thing as specialists and everyone out there has a niche who is mm -hmm. in private practice pretty much. The idea of being a community and supporting each other is really, really important. So I know, you know, there's a lot of different people that do that, um, different groups that do that, and you kind of sign on and now you're part of a group. It's almost like you're part of their family. Mm -hmm. And I like that idea. You know, I'm no different. It's like, I want to be able to, at the end of the day, to bounce ideas off of someone. And I think that's what you do really well. You yeah. bring people together, you give them resources. And so you that's what she offered me in person. And, and then there was capital behind it. Yeah. <laughs> so we sit around and we talk bigger ideas, bigger ways of global change, like global change of the entire healthcare system. And it's so rare to find someone like that, that when she offered me a job, she actually offered me a, a just like she made a position for me, essentially. Yeah. And she made space for me. And then everyone else in the clinic did. I couldn't turn that down. But I would say that if you're not happy you don't have that kind of collaboration, there should be no hesitation for people to go out and just do things on their own. Because I really feel that there's a lot more innovation and a lot more resources out there to stay connected to people mm -hmm. if you want to go out on your own versus being stuck in just like your regular job. Yeah. So hopefully that answered it. Yeah, no, that is. That's powerful. I mean, yeah. I mean, one of the hardest things about doing this is the isolation of being... Mm -hmm the business owner or only PT here and sometimes right. second guessing yourself or not having one to like vent to or with, <laughs> you yeah. know, and yeah. having that lack of collaboration because everyone else is stuck doing this other thing, yeah. you know, and yeah, I think that that's, that's really important to know. So thank you for sharing that. You know, that's, yeah. Um, yeah. that's really awesome. Is um, there anything that you think that like, is there a question that I haven't asked that you think would be important for people to know <laughs> um, about telehealth or about, cash or whatever you're doing telehealth uh, specifically but also you know about the hybrid program you guys have or you know well i think you know i always want to know like what people think about how how do they well maybe this is this isn't me answering my own questions this is actually a legitimate question that mm -hmm. i'm asking and posing to everyone is um there's so many people out there that they're, that they have financial restrictions and they can't do cash whatsoever, right? So, so for us, we've been really wrestling in our clinic, this idea of a sliding scale or how do we reach all of these people fairly? Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I've, I don't know, I guess I'm not answering your question at all because that's what I'm really struggling with now. And that's yeah. why we do have this hybrid program, right? I, you know, we weren't sure how to let go of certain people that needed certain services, but even within cash, like, um, I run a community support group for women with trauma and it's so hard to, I, I understand that like everyone we're, we're telling people about the value of things and they should invest in it. And this idea of a sliding scale keeps popping in my brain. Like they just invest as much as they can. Right. right? And then, but then how do we make money off of that? Cause everyone right. has a certain number in mind, but it may not actually turn a profit. So that's one of the things that I think I hear a lot from different practitioners. I, 
I keep asking because I think that community involvement and engagement is really important. Mm-hmm. And giving people the ability to pay, but also meeting them where they're at financially is important. And being responsible fiscally is and making money is also important. So maybe that's more a question back to you. And how yeah. do you balance all of that in your own practice? And or how does everyone else do it? Yeah, it's tough. But you know, here's the one the the counter. <laughs> The question or statement I would say is that cash-based physical therapy doesn't always mean one-on-one, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't always mm-hmm. have to mean one-on-one. It can still be one-on-many. I've generated, I think I personally made $500 in an hour and a half um, in a one-on-many where I did like a back pain, right. a paid back pain workshop where I taught like a yoga class slash back class. And I was able to basically get, you know, 30 seconds to a minute worth of everyone's information and modify the class you know, in a way that everyone got something, hopefully everyone got something valuable out of it. And it was twice what we charge, you know, I was, I made quite a bit of money and got some new patients out of it. So Mm -hmm. I think it's being open, like you guys are to finding what are the different models so that people Mm -hmm. value what we do. But as a business, we're also being responsible. And actually we have to have a profit at the end of the year um, to stick around and help other people. And it's, it can be a tough line to cross, you know, to, to balance, yeah. Because everyone thinks you have to have a lot of money. You just, have, you know, to, to afford cash-based PT. But, you know, if we looked at it analytically, a lot of times we'll find like, it's not the money. It's, it's whatever is our expectation of the care we are going to get. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. I think that helps me to continue to think along those lines. It's yeah. this idea of group workshops classes, things like that. We just get innovative, right? Yeah. And you just see yeah. how you can reach as many people as possible. If there's one of you and, you know, I just love how you said it. it's like, there's one of you, but like a lot of people in the class that and you could just still have those smaller touch points. Right. Because right. I can teach a, I could teach a class to five or six people who are paying way less than it would cost to do the one-on-one. And I might mm-hmm. actually, you know, generate more revenue and we could do a class where people are paying as little as five bucks. But then the question comes around, right? what if someone can't afford to pay $5 to go see, you know, well then at that level, is it a, a, you know, like, are they, can they actually travel to see you and is there money or value or even something else they can exchange? Right. Right. And And that's why I think like the online learning platform, right? Like if we make mm -hmm. classes online, then most people can spare their cup of coffee from Starbucks to at least pay $5 that week if they find value in it. But they have to have access. Right. But they have to have access to the internet to get that too. Right. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So we've, we've been playing around with this idea of donation based classes and that's like Mm -hmm. a bigger thing that, um, you know, for people who are, finding that balance. I'm, it's interesting because donation-based classes have typically shown to produce profit if you do them regularly. So we're experimenting right now where Sarah is doing these yoga classes at a local, uh, yoga studio. Um, and she's just doing donation pay. So she doesn't put a number on it Mm -hmm. and she's been doing it for about three months now, maybe longer. And the first few weeks were like zero, (laughs) like absolutely like nothing. But now people are putting in regularly like $10 per person. So it's like the consistency of it. And then people find value in it. They determine the value that mm-hmm. they want to put onto it. Right. And that actually allows them to give what they can. So we're starting to experiment yeah, with that a, a little that's bit. That's an awesome idea. There's a, there was a yoga yeah. studio. It's called, it was called yoga to the people. I 
don't know if it's still there, but it was, they have one in a couple in New York and they had one in downtown Berkeley when I lived there. And it was donation based in downtown Berkeley in like some of the highest, you know, rent in Berkeley, right across from the power bar headquarters. And they were there for years. So, I mean, donation based classes do work if you do it right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're just trying different models. We're trying to see if we turn a profit. We have this, this nice safety net of the clinic, which mm-hmm. most people don't always have. So we can be more free with our experimenting, free to give away more things, you know? Yeah. And so, but we're also like, I'm also a big cheapskate. So <laughs> I like, I'm always about like, where do we get the best bang for our buck and, right. and with marketing and trying to be as innovative as possible. So yeah. So that's kind of, yeah. That's really awesome. So where, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Ooh, so, well, I'm a big outdoors person. So legitimately, if I had to answer that, I'd just be living in a tiny house by a lake and not working <laughs> at all. <laughs> and I'd just be fishing and hunting and have a, a dog, <laughs> which I don't have right now. But if I had to say for our clinic, we would, right now we're about... I would say like 30% cash mm-hmm. and 70% insurance based. And by five years, I want it to be completely flipped around yeah. and maybe even not do take any insurance hardly at all. I, can we do it in five years? I like, I'm a little scared to like say no insurance because there are people that really need us off of insurance. Right. And so it's like, maybe it would be like a 20% insurance, 80% cash. Right, right. And there, and we don't know what insurance that. companies are going to do because there could be a common time where it's just like, a, I can't actually you know, be part of that contract. We can't like yeah. keep, the, keep the lights on. So, but yeah. that's, I mean, that's awesome. And, you know, I think it's important. And even though it's called the Cash BD Lunch Hour, I do think insurance has a place and people with a network clinic, you know, there's no right or wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So I just want people to know that because people sometimes think that that's all we're talking about is how it's the only right way. And it's, one of the right ways and the whole goal for me at least is doing what's in the best interest of my patients without any influence outside of myself you know right other than absolutely because i think that that's why we do what we do with our hybrid model is because we don't feel that just going solely insurance i could give the best care Mm -hmm. insurance Mm -hmm. limits me so much so i have to have something that's separate and so i can still give the care like it's not bad care it's just limited care and so then it gives people an option right so they actually i I don't know it's like to me the hybrid model seems to work right now as we're in transition Mm -hmm. just because people will see how limited their care can be under the insurance like their insurance visits they're like oh you're not gonna sit here and talk to me about like my brain exercises i'm like i can't insurance Mm -hmm. really literally won't pay for that so if you want me to tell you more then go yeah. ahead and buy this extra visit and people are beginning to catch on. So it's, it's more of an education to help people understand that cash practice, especially for PTs, doctors, they seem to have a better concierge, like their concierge service people seem to get because they don't see the doctor very often. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like whenever they're yeah. sick, but when we're trying to like market to people and say, come in and see me every week, it's been a really interesting idea to be able to say, okay, well, this is what you get on insurance and actually compare, have them experience like apples to oranges in the clinic with the same therapist even. And Mm -hmm. they're like, Oh, now I see why I want to pay extra. And it really works. So my, I would say that most of my patients 
will our actual patients, we don't even do a lot of marketing. A, a lot mm -hmm. of our own referrals come from our insurance patients. That's awesome. You know, the, you guys are doing it right because I see a lot of people struggle when what they're doing is relying on the reimbursement from the insurance treatments as like the top mm -hmm. of the value ladder. And you guys mm -hmm. clearly have that as an entry point and you have these mm -hmm. added value added cash based services to offer to people so that you guys can be financially responsible and give people the care they need. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think we would feel good. I mean, you know, a lot of insurance companies, they just keep cutting services and I can't, I can't do that legitimately ethically as a PT right. and feel good about it, which is why I appreciate so many of these private practice cash PTs, you know, like I, I get why they do what they do. Mm -hmm. And I would just love to see more community built. You know, I think that you guys have a great community there. I, you know, telehealth PT has a good community. There's just, we just need more, more PTs supporting each other as right. they do their specialty practices. And I think we can really change the system. Yeah, so. that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Well, thank you, Irene. I really appreciate yeah. you being here today. If someone wants to reach out to you, get more information from you, or I don't know, follow mm -hmm. you on Facebook, <laughs> where do they find you? Yeah. Yeah, so you can follow us on Facebook, the actual clinic. It's at Therapy Solutions PLLC. There's mm -hmm. that's the the actual clinic. And then you can always friend me on Facebook. I'm pretty friendly. Okay. <laughs> so um, it's just Irene Luke on Facebook. And then um, if you want to email me, it's Irene at therapy-solutions.us. And awesome. um, yeah, or just message me on Facebook. I'm on both of those things. So that's really great. Well, thank you very much for being here. And again, this is Aaron LeBauer and Irene Luke for the Cash PT Lunch Hour. Telehealth's coming. It's a tidal wave or tsunami, whatever you call it. Um, make sure you get in <laughs> front of the wave. Don't let it crash mm -hmm. on top of you. Um, so we'll see you guys on the next show. Thank you so much. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T. B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy. Give me a shout out somewhere on social media. And we'll talk to you soon.